Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, in an effort to help Superman track down the origin of the radioactive diamonds, Batman and Robin are in a rickshaw, being pulled through a dark street in Shanghai, China, when Batman senses danger. Robin, what's up, Batman? Don't look now, but there's a rickshaw right behind us with two very ugly customers in it. Mm, how interesting. So what? Now, don't be flipped. They've been following us ever since we left the hotel. Uh-oh, are you sure? I'm positive. What's more, something tells me we're headed for trouble. So get set. <laughs> So he said, so she said, so they said, so we said, yattity, yattity, yat. Some people keep talking. They never stop talking. People like that should be shot. The things that they say never come to an end. They don't stop for breath or for thought. They'll repeat just like records again and again the tidbits of gossip they've caught. They never will think, is it true what I say? Is it something I ought to repeat? Instead, they'll just giggle and whisper to you, have you heard? Johnny Jones is a cheat. These jerks pick up everything nasty they hear. They never say somebody's swell. But, brother, if once you do anything wrong, you can bank on it. These guys will tell. They come up with some of the strangest remarks. They must have the brains of a pigeon. You should hear the ridiculous things that they say about other folks' race or religion. They know that the way that we worship our God doesn't make any difference down deep. That a regular Joe is a regular Joe. And a creep, well, he's still just a creep. But facts never stop dopes from babbling on. The truth might not have as much zip. They'd much rather sell you some nice, juicy lies. Stay away from this bunch. Take our tip. For you can be sure as can possibly be that your name is somewhere on their list. That they've got gossip to tell about you. There's no chance that you're going to be missed. So never be sucker enough to believe the gossip of yatter the yatters. They never know anything you'll want to hear. And believe me, nothing they say, after all, really matters. <laughs> And now, the adventures of Superman. Discovering a clue which led him to believe that Shanghai, China is the source of the deadly radioactive diamonds that threaten American lives, Superman carried the famous Batman and Robin there to investigate, then returned to Metropolis to continue his search for an agent of the gang. Then Batman inserted a personal ad in the Shanghai papers, intimating he had important information for the diamond smugglers. And that evening... He received a phone call from a mysterious man who, identifying himself merely by the initials K-I-L, said... Outside your hotel, you will see a rickshaw with a single yellow rose on the seat. Sit in it and say nothing. The rickshaw man will bring you to me. Fully realizing they may be stepping into a trap, Batman and Robin, in their guises of Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson, nevertheless got into the rickshaw with the yellow rose. And as we join them now, the rickshaw man, a tall, barefooted Chinese pulling them swiftly through a dark, almost deserted street near the water. What's the matter, Dick? Why's the pension? Worried? Well, no, not exactly, Bruce. 
I was just thinking we're pretty greedy. Greedy? What do you mean? Well, we're hogging the whole show. Why not stop and pick up a few husky Shanghai cops? They could have some fun, too, and might help us come out of this adventure with our skins whole. Are you kidding? If we picked up even one cop, Mr. Rickshaw Man would undoubtedly take a powder and we'd never hear from Mr. K.I.L. Kill again. Catch? Oh. Well, why couldn't we stop to buy a package of gum or something? And meanwhile, put in a phone call to the police to get on our trail. We don't dare do that for the same reason we didn't dare do it in the hotel. We're being watched. Well, how do you know? When K.I.L. called up this evening, he knew you were with me. Oh, that's right. I forgot. So chances are he was sizing us up all day before he decided it was safe to phone. I get it. And besides, take a quick look behind you. I'm looking. Now, what do you see? It's too dark to see much. Wait, there's a rickshaw back there. Right. Two big, ugly-looking customers in it. Yes, aren't they? Well, it may interest you to know that they've been trailing us ever since we left the hotel. And I'm inclined to think they're covering our rear for Mr. K.I.L. Uh-oh. Either that or... Or what? Well, K.I.L. just might have discovered we aren't the underworld characters we're pretending to be. And barefoot boy, this rickshaw lad, just might be heading us for an ambush party in some nice dark spot. Well, how interesting. Hey, hey, we're stopping. Heads up, Dick. I'm ready, Bruce. The other rickshaw stopped, too. Here comes barefoot boy. What gives, bud? You, Riff rickshaw, follow me, please. Follow you? Where? Master with Sampan. Sam who? He's pointing to that big sampan. Chinese for a sort of houseboat. See, it's tied up in the river below. Oh, looks mighty dark and lonesome down there. Maybe we can persuade Mr. K.I.L. to put up a big neon sign. You know, dangerous radioactive diamonds smuggled here. Ha, very funny. All right, come on, let's go. Those characters in the other rickshaw are getting out too, Bruce. Well, if we're going to have a party, the more the merrier. But be ready to jump fast. Oh, you know me, Grasshopper Grayson. You come. Lead on, barefoot boy. Every sense alert, Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson follow their barefooted Chinese guide down a steep bank to the wide, blackish river. Clouds hide the moon and dim the stars. But scattered over the inky water are pinpoints of light like glowworms faintly outlining the bulky shadows of various river crafts. The narrow plank leads from the muddy shore to the large, darkened houseboat. And Bruce and Dick follow the rickshaw man up the plank to the narrow deck which circles the covered boat. Several men, their eyes gleaming in the darkness, glance impassively at the two Americans as they follow their guide to a door where he knocks. And then steps aside to let them enter a large cabin, luxuriously appointed in silks and jade in the oriental manner. But the man who rises to greet his visitors is not an oriental. He is a white man in a white linen suit. Well set up, a bit on the beefy side. His face is round and pink with small features like a baby's. His eyes, however, of a washed-out blue and strangely almost without lashes are hard and cold as chilled steel. Good evening, gentlemen. My name is Roger Kilburn. I'm Bruce Wayne, and this is my friend Dick Grayson. I know that. Now, uh, what is the information you have for me, Mr. Wayne? Well, first off, Mr. Kilburn, you might be interested to know the Count is dead. The Count? Dead? Yes, he was shot. Right after the Metropolis police discovered the diamonds he was peddling were radioactive. The police know that? Yes. The lead coating you put on the diamonds cracked, and the rays put half a dozen people in the hospital. They affected the Count, too, and he was on his way to the hospital when a red-headed man, a cockney, shot him and got away with the diamonds. Well, this is bad news. Very bad news. Well, that's why Dick and I came out here as fast as we could, Mr. Kilfern. We wanted to tell you what was going on. In case you didn't know, that is. Oh, I know. No, I didn't. You see, the Count told us you had a whole slew of those diamonds, and we wanted to warn you to go slow on smuggling them into the United States right now. That's at least till the heat is off. I see. So, uh... The Count told you I had a lot of diamonds. Yes, yes. He, uh, he did a lot of business with Dick and me. Well, yeah, we were great pals. Well, it was certainly fine of you fellows to come all the way out here to tell me this. Well, we weren't doing it just as a favor, Mr. Kilfern. You mean you want me to pay you? No, I mean we want a pinch hit for the Count. 
How's that? The Count said you were going to distribute the rest of the diamonds in smaller sizes. Now, we want to handle the deal for you, Mr. Kilfern, after the heat dies down a little, of course. Oh, you do, Ray? Yes. I'm confident we can get them into the United States, all right, and we've, we've got just as good connections with the fences there as the Count has. That's right. Maybe even better. Uh, aren't you boys uh, worried about the radioactivity of the stone? Well, well, we figure that you can put that lead coating on so it sticks this time, Mr. Kilfern, and it oughtn't to be so dangerous, anyhow, on small stones. That's right. Uh-huh. Well, I do need somebody to take the Count's place, and you boys seem to be very clever. Then we're in. Well, I, uh, I'm just... Uh, come in, excuse me. Not fast. Uh, what is it, thing? Phew, what a giant. Boy, Lee, bring this mustard. Oh, oh, uh, look at it. Well, looks as if we put it over, huh, Bruce? Could be, Dick, but this kill fern here is a smooth customer, so I'm not placing any bets. Well, I rather thought so. Huh? Uh, thought what, Mr. Kilfern? Uh, when? I have a surprise for you. And for you, young man. A surprise? Huh? Yes, a big surprise. But I don't think you're going to like it. What does Kilfern mean? We'll be back in a moment to find out in the startling climax of today's episode. So keep listening. It was February 1943 off the coast of Greenland. The churning sea tossed the torpedoed soldiers around like empty bottles bobbing in the waves as they took one last look at their sinking ship, the SS Dorchester. What they saw, they will never forget. For there on the deserted deck, already awash, stood their four chaplains, beloved by every man among them. Bravely they stood, looking squarely into the face of death, with their arms linked together and their heads bowed. Each chaplain had given his life belt to a G.I. who did not have one. And now the four men, two of them Protestants, one Catholic and one Jewish, stood together, their hands linked in eternal friendship as they raised their voices to pray. Then the ship shook with a violent shudder and silently slipped down into the unmeasured depths of the sea. Now in commemoration of this deed of supreme heroism, our government has issued a new three-cent stamp dedicated to the memory of these four chaplains. On the stamp is a picture of the sinking Dorchester and grouped above it the faces of Clark Poling and George Fox, Protestant ministers, John Washington, Catholic priest, and Alexander Good. Jewish rabbi. Across the stamp are the words, these immortal chaplains interface in action. Gang, this brotherhood stamp should be in every American home so that the words inscribed on it can be a constant reminder to each and every one of us of the four immortal chaplains who gave their lives to demonstrate interface in action. the adventures of Superman. In his luxurious cabin on his houseboat, Roger Kilfern stands beside the giant Chinese called Singh as he says to Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson, I have a big surprise for you, Wayne. And for you, young man. But you're not going to like it. Now, what do you mean, Mr. Kilfern? This note which Singh just brought to me is a transcript of a shortwave radio message from my agent in the United States. Oh? What about it? It's an answer to an inquiry which I made this morning, Mr. Wayne, when your personal notice addressed to K.I.L. appeared in the Shanghai papers. My agent reports that you, Mr. Wayne, are a millionaire and a friend of the Metropolis Police, and that you and Grayson came here as spies to trick me. So let's up. Come on, Bruce. Hold it, Dick. They got guns. <laughs> Excellent advice, Mr. Wayne. 
king and I not only have guns, as you see, but also six of my men, all armed and alerted, are posted in the corridor outside this cabin. Oh, brother. Easy, boy. <laughs> you two were very clever, but not quite clever enough. So there is one task which you must perform for me. Then you will die. <laughs> Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson, who are really Batman and Robin, face the revolvers in the hands of Roger Kilburn and his giant Chinese servant and see no chance to save themselves. There's a thrill a minute in tomorrow's exciting episode, fellows and girls, so be sure to listen. Tune in, same time, same station, for Chapter 13 of The Secret of Meteor Island on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time. Watch for the Superman adventure serial soon to be shown at your local movie theater. This program came from New York. Stay tuned to your mutual station for Adventure Parade, which follows in just a moment. And right after Adventure Parade, you'll hear Tom Mix and his Ralston straight shooters. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. Welcome back. You know, I did think that things were going to go kind of well for Dick and Bruce at a couple of points in part 11. But it really, yeah, once again, they're just not written as being able to handle themselves. And I know I've talked about this on so many episodes, but in this particular universe, if, as Robin said, their middle name is Danger, their first name is Wirian, and their last name is Please Help Superman. I mean, Wayne goes to China under his own name, gives his own name, and makes it incredibly easy. Now, unless he's got some fast talk here, and I'm really dubious of that, then this is going to be a job for Superman. Though, to be fair to Superman, he's really understanding about this. It's like, who knows, there might be some a universe out there, some weird world. I'm the first one knocked out in fights, and Batman is the one who always saves the day. So he probably dismisses that as maybe just a slight chance. Oh, and also the Superman uh, movie serials. Andrea and I have been watching it. We're about ten episodes through. So hopefully by the time we get through with uh, part 14, I'll have some thoughts for you on them. So far, pretty interesting. Some stuff that doesn't quite work, but it's mostly just stuff that comes with doing a 15-part movie serial. But I'll talk about that when I've actually finished it. Anyway, join us back here on Sunday, as we continue on, with The Secret of Meteor Island Part 13. If you do have a comment, send it to me, adam at adamsweb.us, and be sure and rate the show on iTunes, and pick up your copy of Powerhouse's Heroic Adventures Bundle. But from Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.